story you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? Here's adventure. Here's romance. Here's the famous Robin Hood of the Old West. Aw, just sneak in. Not me. I ain't going to church. No Sunday school today. Good morning and welcome to the Removing Confusion podcast. This is Tom Richardson, your host. It is February the 25th, 2022. And uh, we've got not a lot of good news to spread around today. As most of you probably know by now. Now, I, I, I kind of sit back and, and let things happen for a bit before I get all... You know, I gotta be the first one on the air, kind of thing. I I don't. I I I think that when you can do the hindsight in twenty twenty, you're you're going to be a little bit ahead of the game. And uh, this game, the Ukrainian invasion by the Russian forces, is something that we don't want to get wrong. We don't want to. I don't, first of all, I've tried to make a, a, a solemn effort from the beginning to bring nothing but the truth. Uh, and in, in war, a lot of truth gets fogged. So, you know, you have the, what we call fog of war. So a lot of things get interpreted incorrectly. A lot of things get reported incorrectly. The, uh, the amount of death and devastation that happens is oftentimes not presented in its full capacity. We see that here in the United States every time there's a mass shooting, as they call them, and uh, or a mass casualty event. It starts out, you might, oh, we have 200 people dead. We uh, exploded things laying everywhere. And then when it gets down to the bottom, you know, you may have that made people injured to every degree, you know, whether it be a massive injury down to, you know, minor cuts and bruises. And, uh, you know, the psychological uh, is not to be left out, but, you know, that can't be seen. But uh, the actual death toll drops significantly as time goes on. Now, in war, we can't tell because there's a lot of fighting in a lot of places as the Russians go against Ukraine and we pray for those people. I I saw the stuff on the news and 
you know, I'm not a softy. Uh, anybody that knows me knows that. I mean, I, I have my soft spots, but when you see people in places like this uh, that are being attacked, and they just want to live there, you know, they, this is their home. This is where their house is. Their dogs and their cats and their people. Their their kids. Their their livelihood. You know, they've they've invested their lives there, and uh, to see them running for the subways and running for any shelter they can find carrying whatever they can carry to sustain themselves for until they can get out and grab more is kind of heart-wrenching and uh, we have to keep that in mind you know we live in a place here in the United States and and in a lot of places around the world where this doesn't happen but when it does we should be well and awful uh, often prepared both physically and especially spiritually you have to have your spiritual house in order and i pray that those folks in the uh in ukraine have the spiritual stamina to withstand this it's going to not be a pleasant sight for a while although there are some reports that came through just before i walked up that uh the president of ukraine has you know kind of capitulated a little bit about you know, trying to make peace with, with Putin. Now, Putin's being held up as the strong man, the uh, uh, the bad guy. He, he's not a good guy. Let's, let's not get this wrong. But what it is, folks, is we are sitting in a position of weakness. And weakness does not dictate to a strong man, whether he's a bully or a thug or whatever you want to call him. I don't like to use those terms. I don't know the guy. I know who he is as far as what he's done over the last 30 years as, you know, premier president and other things in the Russian government, you know, KGB guy and all that, you know, we use those terms and throw them around, but then we have, to look at the people who have run our country, and specifically over the last 30 or 40 years. Now, Reagan was a pretty decent president. He wasn't perfect. He made mistakes. His people led him wrong just as much as anybody else. You know, Trump tried to do what Trump tried to do. I think he, he held guys like Putin and Xi and... Uh, crazy little dude with a bad haircut in North Carol uh, North North Carolina North Korea he held them at bay to a certain degree and uh, we didn't have the problems we have now because they knew that we'd be swift to do the things that need to be done to stop what was coming strong men uh, they respond well to bullies you know now you don't have to be a physical specimen or anything which of course joe biden is not but you know you have to yeah strength comes from within and uh i believe some people they they like to use their size uh which vlad vladomir putin doesn't really have size but he's he's a he's a pretty he's he's in decent shape but uh 
he's not kind of a small guy, really. Maybe he's got a Napoleonic complex. I don't know, but I think he actually knows he he can he can get away with what he's doing in Ukraine uh, to a certain degree, and he knows how far he can go. These guys play their game way out ahead. They don't. They're not going in blind, not knowing that there's going to be repercussions and ramifications for their actions. They're well aware that something may come down the pipe. But what? What are you going to tell a guy who has multiple uh, nuclear weapons, both in his submarines, which I talked about this one night in my church. I said, over the weekend, which was, you know, this was a year ago or so, the the Russians parked four, four submarines, nuclear submarines. They busted through the ice in, in the, uh, uh, up in the Arctic Circle, and they positioned themselves and opened the doors to their missile things on their boat. They didn't shoot anything, of course, or we'd be, we wouldn't be talking right now. The, the fact of the matter, from where they sat to our biggest city, New York City, it would have took them a half an hour or less for one missile to hit its target, a half an hour. And my, my uh, premise was, you know, if you had 30 minutes and you knew that in 30 minutes or less, it was all over for you. You can't get out of town. What would you do? And, you know, I, I gave some other examples. And I'll give you some here. That alone, that they had the ability under Biden, uh, the ability to crash through the ice 30 minutes away by missile to our largest city, which has one of our bigger ports as well. So there you are. Um they also years ago this is, i think under obama they they had uh they flew a, a a plane over top of one of our uh i think it was a destroyer over in the north north atlantic and with the flip of a switch they shut that destroyer down now you don't hear a lot about this but you can look it up it happened and, you know, they, they finally got the ship up and running again once the they shut off their cloaking device or whatever. But they did these things then to let us know they can do it. That with the flip of a switch on an airplane, they can shut down our warship. War, W-A-R, ship. They should never be able to shut down our warship, W-O-R, ship. But they did shut down the capacity of one of our destroyers. Now, that should tell you something. These guys aren't playing games. They want you to know. And, you know, if he's a bully, so what? Putin's a bully. you got to stand up to a bully the way you stand up to one. You swing, I'm swinging back. Or maybe I'll swing first. Now, in uh, geopolitics, that's not the best way to go. That's why Tom's not your president. But... uh Let's just talk real quickly um, about some things. I, I a, a passage of scripture that bounces around in my head quite often these days is found in Revelation chapter six. Now you'll have some people that'll tell you you don't need to worry about the Russians and you don't need to be reading Revelation. Revelation isn't for the Christian. Well, it's in my Christian Bible, 
It's not in the Pentateuch. It's in the New Testament of the English Bible as well. Anyway, Genesis. Revelation 6 uh, talks about the opening of the seals, right? Verse 4, And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth. And they that should kill one another, and they that should kill one another, and there was given unto him a great sword. Now, we know that a lot of the things that John wrote were a little bit difficult to understand, but this is pretty simple, isn't it? There is a seal busted loose in heaven. The Lamb of God is the only one who can open these seals. The first one was a rider on the white horse, and I I would like to do a real deep dive on these riders of the horses one of these days. But with everything else that always crops up, I never get around to doing things. Let's just look at this red horse rider who is a, uh, I don't know, a functionary of the guy on the white horse perhaps, but because he comes after, if we look at things in a chronological order. Would this tell us, I know, and I'm not even suggesting that this is, this is my opinion, and you get my opinion here, but I try to keep it truthful at least to to some degree i mean all degrees that i can <laughs> i'm gonna get myself in trouble here the rider on the red horse goes out and he he just takes peace from the earth we haven't had peace i've had people say you know peace and safety peace and safety uh, when when you know because they're looking at things differently and incorrectly there has not been peace on this planet I'm not talking about United States, but you know, on this planet, we've been involved in most of them in over 120 years, probably, or at least 100 years. Let's say World War One on. You had civil war uh, here in the United States. There's always little brush ups around, around here and there that don't get reported, and then we had the world wars. Now, when Jesus talked about uh, wars and rumors of wars, you know, th- th- those were considered by some to say that they were what we would call a world war, war at, uh, the world at war. And we had two of them pretty much back to back. They never really ended. There's always little, you know, I'll get you, I'll get you. And then, you know, we had the big rise up of the Nazi Germany and Japan and, uh, we went to war again, whole world engulfed in war. And ever since then, we Korea, which led to Vietnam, which led to a lot of stuff happening in the Middle East. You know, they, there's, there's a, a factoid running around out there that in the, in the 20th century, the one we just came out of, we went maybe eight days without a war somewhere that's incredible when you think of it on its face out of a hundred years you might have had eight days where there wasn't some kind of a war or battle or something going on somewhere we come into this 21st century and we started right off with iraq 
Afghanistan, which just came to an end, but I don't really believe it did. And now we have this Ukrainian deal with Russia. It's like bang, bang, bang. And it's the, the players in the game get a little bit more unpredictable and a little bit more uh, concerning as we go along. Now, there's Bible prophecy teachers out there that are probably just wetting their whistles. I don't know if Hal Lindsey's still around. Hal Lindsey did one thing, and that was he got people interested in Bible prophecy. And then it, it waned again because pastors and churches don't understand how to read their Bible. They go to Bible college, and they come back with a head full of how to make a church work and uh, you know put together a bus ministry or something, and that's the end of it. After that, it's, you know, I'll preach what I preach, and it's always going to be the full-on salvation message, get people to the altar. People should be encouraged as well in what God has in store for the earth in its very near future for us, I believe. Many of them rely back on a passage of Scripture known as Ezekiel 38 and 39. For years, let's just read a piece of it. This is 38, verse 1, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, he's talking to Ezekiel, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, or Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and prophesy against him. Now, I've heard this from every bad Bible teaching, you know, prophecy teacher out there from Lindsay to Jack Van Impey and on. Now, again, they, they kept people interested in these things, but they kind of led them astray on a lot of things. First of all, who is Gog and Magog or Magog, the land of Magog? We've been told it's Russia. It's north from Israel. Well, a lot of things are north from Israel. And I had printed out a, or I had a piece of, of uh, information I wanted to pass on, and I didn't bring it with me, but I have enough here. If you look at that passage again, prophesy against Gog, Magog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. People try to tell you, well, that's Gog is in Magog, that's Russia, and all that that encompasses the way up north, the Scythians and whatnot. And uh, Meshach and Tubal are uh, Moscow and Tobolsk. <laughs> With really, they have no solid reference for it because the Bible doesn't tell us. We have to go a little bit and find out through history exactly who these people are or where the area is. Now, I'm going to give you a brief flyover. This isn't going to be as long today as I normally go. Then I say that, and I go ahead. Most of what you read there, Magog and Meshach, Tubal, those are places in Asia Minor in God's day. I'm sorry, in Ezekiel's day. God's word really doesn't change much. Uh, And we've, we've seen Turkey, the Turkish Ottoman Empire at one time was huge. 
And then after World War I, they broke it all up. And a lot of those Islamic and Turkish folks are not happy about that whole thing. Meshek, Meshek, as it says in there, is actually Armenia, is what it was in that time that Ezekiel wrote this. And, you know, do we change what it was then to something different now because it fits a narrative? Or do we just stick with what God says? When God has his prophets write something, he doesn't write in there, uh, this is only good for your day. This is going to change, and it'll become something different down the road. No, he doesn't do that. So Meshach, Meshach is was made up of the people were known as Moshi. They lived in these mountains around about. And it also encompasses, or, or incorporates places like Iberia, which we know of today is down there, Armenia, and uh, Colchis. Does that kind of blow a lot of the idea that Meshach is is Moscow? And I mean, I, I'm I'm if I'm wrong, you let me know. If you can prove me wrong, let me know. I looked these things up before I came up uh, through different sources. Uh, I'll say it wrong if I try it. Just Jesenius's uh, Bible stuff, and um, also use Strong's Concordance. They only give you so much. But you can you can dig deep and see if Meshach is Moscow. I don't think so. Or Tubal or Tubal is Tubolsk. And if you go back clear to Genesis, you will find these names mentioned in the uh, table of nations and such. Uh, Tubal Tubal is is uh, known as Cappadocia, which is Turkey. See a lot of this prophecy centers with a a Turkish swing to it, okay? Then you have a whole lot more mentioned we can read real quickly as we go along. Uh, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth. Now, see, God's going to make them do what God wants them to do. And I'll bring thee forth with your horses, horsemen, and on. Now, I want to skip down to verse 5. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them, with shield and buckler. Gomer and his bands, the house of Togarma of the north quarters, and all his bands and many people with them. Be thou prepared and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. Now, it goes on. We could read into a nauseam. It's actually well worth your reading. Persia. Ethiopia, Libya, Libya, those are real easy. They're pretty much who they are now. Now, people say, well, Persia, there's no Persia. There was a Persian empire at the time that this was written, stretched from India and parts of India to Egypt. So it ran all all the way across that uh, uh, Middle Eastern 
area and down into North Africa, which is why Libya and uh, um, Ethiopia kind of get pulled in there. So you see, these are the nations that are going to rise up. Now, who are they rising up against? They're not rising up against Ukraine or United States. They may, but they're actually going after Israel in the end here. It's all about Israel. Get that through our heads. It's all about Israel. When people start looking specifically at uh, um, the United States or Europe or this or that or the other thing, they forget that God is writing most of what he says to Israel and Israeli people. He has been so kind in his and loving in his uh, quest for people to follow Jesus that he grafted us Gentiles in. It says that in Romans, by the way. You know, Israel's still a very key positioned piece on the chessboard. Not to be forgotten, not to be left out. But don't listen to these guys who want you to think that Putin is Gog. Now, hey, maybe he is. But from what I'm seeing here, I don't think Gog has showed up yet. Because Gog is a prince, a chief prince of Meshach, Tubal, Togarma. Um, and I've looked a few of these up. Gomer Gomer's actually more of a, they were Celtic. They, so that goes way up there. Maybe the UK is involved. I don't know. Uh, but the Celtic people are spread across Europe as well. Oh, yeah, and the Persian Empire also incorporated a, a good chunk of the Europe uh, area up there as well. So, you see, uh, we, we need to, we're, we're going to see some binding together of nations as we go f- near, near into the future, I believe. Uh, you know, it, it says as well that, you know, towards the end when uh, all nations come to Israel, try to wipe her out, and Jesus blows them apart with the word of his mouth, the sword of his mouth. You know, it just, we are in very exciting times. But we can't forget in our excitement, and especially in those of us who are in, in nations that are safe, we cannot forget that there are people out there who are suffering and there are people out there who are being hurt and killed you know, by, by different factions, not just the Russians. The Russians are the, are the bad guy today. Chinese are going to pop up tomorrow. And, you know, there, there again, you know, they, there's that deflection away from the dragon to get you to look at the grizzly and as I told my wife earlier, I said, you know, they, they, they act like the dragon of China. They treat it like a panda, but that panda's got a dragon behind it. And, you know, all the smiles and all the happy faces that you see with the world leaders. And then, you know, they, they get out of earshot and they, uh, you know, things are a little bit different. So there we are. I'll leave it at that. We are in a place and at a time that most of us, we've, we've seen war. We've seen 
Vietnam up close. We've seen Iraq and Afghanistan up close because the television screen brings it to us. We may know folks that went over there and were killed. Uh, we may know folks that came back with uh, missing limbs and, and other atrocities that happened. So we know what war is and we know what war can do. We don't want to be a part of it. I pray that we don't get too deeply involved here. And I really find it difficult at this point to say that Putin's going to go through Ukraine and right into Poland and try to take out Poland, Romania, and all these other places. That may happen. I don't know. But uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to have the sustainability to do such a thing. So we just need to pray. We need to be in constant communication with the Lord to end this thing quickly and without any more further bloodshed because people are going to die and people have already. That is something that we don't want to be a part of. We don't want to get into that. The last thing we need to have is two nuclear superpowers flexing their muscles with each other. Until we have more, this is Tom Richardson saying goodbye. Until next time, with Removing Confusion, February 25, 2022. Pray for those folks. Be adamant at it. Pray without ceasing is what Paul tells us. Until next time, have a great day.